And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the Sinister Six! We got a man made entirely of mutant beings. I get a buzz just thinking about it. Swarm! He is one cold-blooded killer. I love the animals, sometimes a little too much. Craven the Hunter. He killed his grandmother and tortured his mother's dog. My kind of guy. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Monday, February 15th. Happy Malcolm Brogdon Day to everyone out there. I'm J.E. Skeets, and alongside me, Mr. What You Need to Know, Tass Mellis. Morning, everybody. Morning, Tassie. We got the Bassmaster, Ribbon Him Lips, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. The international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Last but not least, making the magic happen. What a cold open that one was. It's J.D. Hello. There he is, and here we are. Shout out to the stream team joining us live here on a Monday. Guys, please make sure you like, and you comment, and you subscribe, and you share the show. Let's defeat the YouTube algorithm once and for all. We'll take it down from the inside out. Uh, email us your questions and comments for this week's Beep Steppin' Podcast. That's coming up later this week, so get them in. No dunks at theathletic.com, and go grab... Your No Dunks merch. I see Laylee's got on a nice one today, the No Dunks white hoodie. That is available at nodunks.com. We got the hoodies and the crew nicks and the t-shirts and the shorts and the mugs and more to come too. So go to nodunks.com. All right, how's everybody doing? You guys pumped up here on a Monday? Pumped up. <laughs> pumped up. Nice. Uh, well, Mondays we do NBA weekend winners and losers. Let's just get right into it. The winners, Trey. Get us started. Where are you going? Who's your big winner of the weekend? Oh, big winner of the weekend, Skeets. The Utah Jazz. Mm. The best team in the league right this very moment. That one's for you, Utah Jazz fans. On Friday, Jazz went out and beat the Bucks. They're 2-0 against the Bucks this season. Honestly, the Jazz basically led the entire game. This was a smash job. 27 for Gobert. 27 for Joe Ingles. 26 for Donovan Mitchell. 25 for Jordan Clarkson. The Jazz were dominant inside against, obviously, a great Bucks team. Royce O'Neal held Giannis to two points in the first half. He did score 27 in the second half, but the game was basically over then. Impressive, impressive stuff from the Jazz. But on Saturday, they beat the Heat. This one was close through the first half, but they really blew it out during the second and third quarters. Utah held Miami scoreless for 14 straight possessions during the second and third quarter. Went from 
a 36 to 31 Miami lead with 7:45 left in the second quarter to a 63 to 42 Jazz lead, 7:45 left in the third quarter. They're 22 and 5 right now after winning 18 of their last 19. It's the best start in Jazz history. And this is a little bone throw here. They are absolutely a title contender. Like I said, they're the best team in the league right this second. Mm-hmm. Sorry to you, Jazz fans, for saying it's going to be hard to beat LeBron. A healthy LeBron team goes to the finals every single year. I'm sorry for bringing that up, but I am upgrading the Jazz here. Utah fans were sad that I said that they were the Hawks from 2014-15. They're saying, we're way better than the Hawks. We got two All-Stars. Fair enough. Now you're the 2013-14 Pacers, which is honestly a bit better of a comp for the Jazz. They've got the two All-Stars. They've got the big guy in Rudy Gobert, similar to Roy Hibbert. They've got... Donovan Mitchell, similar to Paul George, establishing themselves as stars. Just do not do a GQ photo shoot and everything should go fine. You might reach the hollow ground of being the 2010-11 Bulls, the best team to ever lose to LeBron James and his squads. But uh, impressive stuff for the Jazz. They look like, at the very least, they look at like the second best team in the league. If you want to say that the Lakers are still there despite losing to the Nuggets, fine by me. But right now, the Jazz are straight up balling. And it's nice to know there's no Lee Ellis curse, too, going on a jazz podcast, you know, not too long ago. I thought, "Uh uh-oh, Lee's going to go on there, and then they're just going to start losing, and everyone's going to blame you. Nope, they're still rolling. Trey said it all there, took you through the games. I think that that second game was actually a more important win in a weird way, Lee Lee, because, you know, we keep talking about the jazz like, man, they're on fire from three. They got all these guys hitting at an unbelievable clip. Three after three after three, like, when's that going to come back to earth a little bit? Well, that game versus the Heat, they stunk from three, right? I think they finished 12 of 46, so they went cold, but they got it done with that defense, which we know is elite when Gobert's playing. They always are. So I think that was a really, really important win there. Uh, Just proving a little bit that it's like, yeah, it's nice when we're clicking offensively and all these threes are raining down here, but hey, don't don't forget that we can still win some of these ugly games. But uh, yeah, you're not a jinx lately is what I was getting. No, no. In fact, quite the opposite. I was on the Jazz post-game show, apparently. I'm trying to secure <laughs> that clip. I haven't been able to track it down yet, but uh, I made the broadcast there for the pod that I had uh, with the Jazz and talking nice. about Joe Ingles, who actually tied his career high with 27 points on Friday night, but set a new career high with seven triples on Friday night. And mm. that game against the Jazz, yeah, it is interesting because you know, uh, against the Heat on on Saturday, they're due for a bad game. And it looked like it was going to be that game in the first half because, as you mentioned there, they just could not hit a three. And their offense just, they just looked a little heavy-legged from, uh, you know, maybe getting up for that game against the Bucs on Friday and having such an emotional victory. Maybe they were just a bit heavy, but then they got it together and uh, and really stopped the the, uh, Heat in the second half. So, yeah, this is is certainly the most impressive, I think, you know, of all their runs they've had last year when they had the big stretch. They were good. But this feels a little bit different because they're doing it so convincingly at both ends of the floor. And all those comparisons you bring up there, Trey, I think they're good and relevant. I also think there's something there with the Pistons of around that sort of 2002 to 2005 range. Even though the Pistons did win the championship and they made the finals again, they sort of had such good balance on both ends of the floor which I see from the Utah Jazz. Now, the Jazz won't get any more than two All-Stars, and the Pistons had four there at one point uh, when they were at their best. But I just think if you look at that sort of uh, balance and depth they have, I can sort of see a similar team like that because the Pistons, I think, you know, they, they kind of got lucky. They came and won that championship, ironically, against the Lakers when they beat Shaq and Kobe there who kind of were in fighting. But I don't think anyone sort of looked at them and thought, you know, immediately the Pistons are going to be the team that sort of ends that dynasty, which they did. But again, part of that was because of the of the Lakers just coming to the end of their time there. But uh, right now, I think, uh, you know, depending on what happens here with the Nets and Kevin Durant, of course, in the Eastern Conference, I think the Jazz 
have to be the second best, considered the second best team in the NBA, even though, uh, you know, the Lakers lost last night. I mean, as, as long as LeBron's out on the court, his team is going to be the best. It's going to be the favorite. Uh, but the Jazz are certainly uh, impressing with the way they're playing the last, I mean, the last three, four weeks really here. Yeah, Tass, I saw Zilla write this morning, if this were a normal 82-game season, the Jazz would be on pace for 68 wins. <laughs> which is like uh, sort of mind-blowing, right? And you're like, wow, okay, that's a that's an unbelievable number. Now, can they keep this up? We'll see. But are you convinced, you know, that, uh, that the Jazz are for real in the terms of at least being a title contender, or are they still a little step below and you got to see it in the playoffs? Where are you with them? They're in the contender family, sure. Yeah, they're not the favorite, uh, but uh, they just have to keep getting these performances from a bunch of guys that are I think playing to their capability. I, I don't think a, a, a lot of these guys are playing way above their heads. Now, their, sh- their three-point shooting percentage, yeah, it, it's a little high across the board. By it, but it's kind of believable because, you know, besides Donovan Mitchell, who's always going to be great, Mike Conley's playing like his grizzly self, and Rudy Gobert's playing like his self. Joe Ingles playing to his capability. So it's not mm-hmm. like they're playing way above their head. They're just all doing it at the same time. So that's, that's the tough part. Can you keep this up? And... Uh, yeah, the, the the Pistons comparison I find interesting because um, you know they just they were good at the right time in the Eastern Conference. Everyone was weak, and that's why they had four All Stars. So if the Jazz were in an Eastern Conference where you know you're playing with the Charlotte Hornets and Jamal McGlure is making the All Star team, then you could squeeze in four All Stars with Mike Conley and friends. No no offense to the the Scarborough man, Jamal McGlure, love that guy. But the Eastern Conference at that time uh, didn't have a lot of All Stars flying through the through the gauntlet. So yeah, that's the problem is that they have to go through LeBron James and they don't have a a soft East to go through. Can they all keep it up at the same time? That's the thing. I think they're all good enough. uh, And, and, uh, you know, I mentioned those guys, Jordan Clarkson has to keep it up in the playoffs who I think you can probably believe in even more than a a Joe Ingles, uh, which is, which is crazy that Jordan Clarkson has come on and, and, and played this great but then you know there's Royce O'Neal who's really key for this team and last mm-hmm. year he had the yips in the postseason so you know when it's one of those teams that you have a lot of ifs a lot of question marks it's just easier to ride the back of LeBron James and it's one question mark and he's answered that question mark so many times so that's what we're looking at here with the Jazz it's great that they've come on they're playing phenomenal ball and they're shooting the three so so well so uh, I, I enjoy it um, I enjoyed that that Bucks game a lot, and so did Giannis on the other side when he said, "Man, they're the best team in the league. They look like us last year. I wish I wish we were as good as them." <laughs> oh, that's the kiss of death. Don't do that. No, oh, that means the Jazz are going out in the second round, does it? Yeah, I mean it's impressive that they're continuing this winning streak without Mike Conley, right? Who's missed the last four games? I think it would have been pretty fair if they had lost one or two of these, and you've been like, "Yeah." They're missing Conley. I mean, Lee had him as the best player in the league, MVP and stuff like that. But uh, instead, they can continue to keep rolling here. And and like you said, Tass, it's like they're just getting contributions from every single guy across, across the board. Everybody is chipping in, and that's a dangerous team. They're rolling right now. They do not want to take any sort of, like, all-star break or anything mm. like that. Like, you know, that's the last thing a team like this wants to do. So Utah Jazz, winner of the weekend, lock it in. That was a no-brainer. I'll go next here. Phoenix Suns, I'd like to give a winner of the weekend to. Uh, 2-0 over the weekend. They've extended their winning streak to six in a row. Hey, that's good for Phoenix. They beat Philly uh, over the weekend, 120-111. to 111, And then they followed it up by taking care of the uh, shorthanded Magic, 109-90. Game was never particularly close. The Magic were playing with like eight guys. But still, I like how the Suns just took care of business, got it done. They've won nine of their past ten games. They've improved to 17-9. and nine. They're an interesting team because you start saying, well, where are they in consideration for all of this, you know? Are they still a tier below? 
your your two LA teams and your Utah Jazz? Probably, probably. But aren't they at the top of that list with your other teams like Denver and Portland? Who knows? Maybe. But I loved what I saw from them. I love that Booker was special late in the Sixers game, 24 points in the second half, and he was special early versus the Magic, just putting them to sleep, 17 in the first quarter. And, uh, you know, really, really making your all-star selection case even more muddled. I know some people were keeping them out of the conversation, didn't maybe have them on their list. We're showing love to guys like Mike Conley. I get that before the injury. But Booker is like, come on, of late here. He's 28 points per game over this seven-game homestand, shooting lights out like 55% from the floor. He was already an all-star. I mean, it's going to be difficult with their record to not have him in the mix. I understand the Chris Paul situation. You show him love too. But to me, Booker's still their best player. He's got it going. He's found his little groove now. He's playing more, of course. He's figured out how to play a little bit better with Chris Paul. And that's nice. So good win. Good, good win. And you know, arguably, sort of like we were just talking with the Jazz, the ugly win over the Heat. The Suns win over the Magic in a weird way is... In a, I don't know, I don't want to speak for the Phoenix fan base, but they've had some bad losses this year, Phoenix, to bad teams. Blowout loss to the Wizards. Uh, they no-showed versus OKC. Uh, I think they lost to Detroit as well. So, like, just to take care of business, like, they were 9-6 and six against teams below 500. That's okay, but they could be better. So, nice win. Phoenix, winner of the weekend. I I'm not sure I'm going to get any objections from you guys, uh, but uh, they, they're coming on here. And they're, they're a fun watch. I love I love Bridges. We've talked about Aiton before, and, and they got the stars in Booker and Chris Paul, Trey. Yeah, it was fun watching Booker cooking the Sixers, a great defensive team. And, you know, it shows you the difference between uh, a game in the middle of February and something in the playoffs because the Sixers came out and put Danny Green on Devin Booker, and <laughs> that was not working. No. Devin Booker was straight up cooking this man, pulling up from basically half court, no problem. Eventually, it was Matisse Thibel and Ben Simmons to elite defenders on the Sixers, but at that point, it honestly didn't matter. Once Booker was in his zone, the man was rolling. There was nothing the Sixers could do to stop him. That's impressive stuff. And yeah, an ugly win is nice too, but when you're beating one of the best teams in the league handily, I love to see it. Devin Booker is going to be an all-star. The Suns are going to be a playoff team. And winning a first-round series, I think, is a legitimately legitimately good goal for them. You know, they haven't been to the playoffs in 11 seasons, so making it back is an accomplishment in the first place, but... With Chris Paul, with Devin Booker, they got two guys who can do it in the fourth quarter. Going to be a tough team to beat come playoff time. Yeah, that Booker three and uh, Simmons eye, I guess. I mean, Booker was like 30-plus feet out uh, to sort of ice the game lately. You're, shaking, you're uh, agreeing with me. He, he had a step back on him, too. Yeah. Like, like like Trey said, Danny was on him, and then they were like, what are you guys doing? And then it was like, it didn't matter who was on him. He can create enough space, and he's got a quick enough release. Yeah, and that's what you want to see from Devin Booker. I mean, to take that step up to be the guy who's going to take the shots against the best defender for his team. I mean, it's time for him to do that. And I think you mentioned it there, Skeets. I think what you're really seeing here is he's figured out how to play alongside Chris Paul because at the start of the season it was okay but they're now sort of uh, a little bit more understanding like Chris Paul will put you in the right position but you're the one who has to also step up and take these big shots in those big moments and we saw it down in the bubble that Booker looked like he was ready for those moments and now the regular season's here and we're wondering you know was that just a a, a bit of a bubble um, you know burst but instead (laughs) he's going out there and uh, and playing and yeah you love it when he goes against Ben Simmons because Ben Simmons has been getting a lot more attention for his uh, impressive defense lately and Booker took it right at him so uh, great to see six wins kind of snuck up on you too a little bit there I think the Suns I think that mm-hmm. which is good you know they're sort of flying under the radar they're fourth right now in the west can they hold on to that position I think that's key for them 
uh, to do that, to get a, a home a home court advantage in the first round if uh, if things can play out from here. But um, we still need to see it a little bit more sustained throughout the course of the season. I think that's the difference between them and the Jazz right now. The Jazz have shown us this before, whereas this is the first time the Suns have been anywhere near the playoffs, really, since Devin Booker's even been in the league. So. Second time, mate. You just mentioned the bubble. This is the second time they've been near the playoffs. 8-0, <laughs> right. oh, two stretches of incredible basketball. Good enough for me to be a believer these hey, days. Hey, uh, I'm also, I'm not... Uh, Deep in the NBA gossip game, but so maybe Trey or maybe Lee or Tass could uh, confirm this. Booker is ne- Booker. Did Booker steal Simmons' girl or just uh, Ben Simmons? And uh, I know it's one of the Jenner girls, right? Yeah, they parted ways, and then Booker. <laughs> oh, Lee uh, knows. Booker Booker is now with wow. her. Is that correct? I, I, yeah, I don't know who's with who right now, but I know oh. that I know that uh, they both uh, are, are interested in uh, Kendall. Kendall, I'm, I think it is. I think sure uh, I Kendall. think Booker is with her now. I think they are right. an item because I think she was with Blake Griffin originally, and then because uh, mm. he and Ben Simmons were uh, getting into a little bit on the court, and then uh, and now it's moved on to Devin Booker apparently. So yeah. yeah, wasn't wasn't Jordan Clarkson a sixth man in that situation? <laughs> as well? I'm not sure. Uh, we're trying I'm to keep sure. up with the Kendalls. It's yeah. uh, it's tough. Yeah. Okay, keep up with okay. The Kendall. Thankfully, we don't know it every single detail about that. Uh, yeah, I know. We, we, so, we vaguely know. She's not the even the rich line. one either, is she? I think Kylie's the one with all the money, isn't she? I, I think, think they're, they're both fine. All right. Yeah, yeah I, think I think they're okay. Also, I'm not sure Booker and Simmons are worrying about their finances uh, uh, and trying to find find someone uh, that needs more money. Than when Devin Booker okay. was on our summer league show, he had his mom hold his 24 karat gold phone. The yeah. phone case was 24 yeah. karat, and that's when he was a 19-year-old kid. Uh, so he's doing all right. Too. He's okay. Yeah. Well, one of them, one of them got uh, taken off the uh, Forbes rich list because she inflated her assets. I don't know which one it was, but the nerve, uh, the nerve. Um, yeah. Inflated- <laughs> okay. yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to keep going on the Kardashians. Uh, it's good on him. Good on him. It. It's, 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 it's great to see. Uh, it's great to see the family get a bit of a break there and make some money. It's good to see. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So. Yeah, Suns. Um, Lee, let's go to you next. Who's your winner of the weekend? Well, look, you don't have to have a perfect weekend to be a winner. And that's why I'm going with the Charlotte Hornets. Because uh, last night, uh, after the first quarter against the San Antonio Spurs, they were up 16 (laughs) points after a big win on Friday night against the Minnesota Timberwolves. And I thought, oh, that's it. Uh, great. The Hornets that'll are home. Do. Winners. The Hornets lock are home. them in. They're winners. Uh, said, that'll do. The Hornets up 16. Then they gave up 47 points in the second quarter. Whew, that's a tough one to the Spurs. Now, but look, the thing, the reason I bring them up is because there was no Gordon Hayward last night. There was no PJ Washington. And then they also lost Devontae Graham in the second half there. So they were shorthanded. Okay, that happens. But uh, they were still in this game. And even though it was a 12-point uh, margin in the end, it was, it was a lot closer. And it was largely because of Terry Rozier playing fantastic basketball again. He got the team off to a great start, kept them in it, uh, and Lamella Ball was also good, but they really, really, really missed Gordon Hayward last night. Just that steady hand on offense to be able to give them a basket. Their offense was just lacking so much, and and, and that's a good sign for Charlotte to see just how impactful Gordon Hayward is, but they didn't completely fall apart either, I think. that That's what's important here. But also, go back to Friday night's game against the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. That was one of those games, I, I fired that one up, on Saturday morning, think, ah, you know, what's this one going to be about? And it was actually a really good game. You saw some a great battle between Anthony Edwards and LaMelo Ball a couple of times, too, going at each other. Mm-hmm. But Terry Rozier in that one also had 41, was huge down the stretch in that one, winning the game for the team. Uh, he's been really fun to watch. He, he, he's an interesting player because I sort of think, you know, obviously LaMelo Ball, that, that it's his team going forward. So uh, Rozier is probably uh, available to other teams. 
but he's playing such good basketball that maybe the Hornets are like, no, let's just stay with what we've got for now. This They've never been really in this position for a long time where they're, you know, in playoff contention. Now, they're two games below 500, but they're still in the East playoffs. And I think they are going to make the playoffs. I think they are. I think that they've shown enough in this early stage that they are going to be able to keep this up and at least win you know, more games than they lose. I mean, 500 might get you in the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. But I just like the way they're really playing and they're, and they're fighting, they're hustling, they're staying in games. And it's I think that loss last night was a tough one, but that's fine. You know, you lose to the San Antonio Spurs when you're shorthanded. That's okay. But they've got some really good, talented players on that. James Borrego's done a great job coaching that team. And so I sort of, I wish they'd won last night because they, yeah. they would have gone back to 500. But look, it's it's a different It's different if they got just absolutely drilled without Gordon Hayward there. You'd be like, well, see, they can't do anything without him. But, uh, you know, great, great, uh, great fun game anyway. Fun weekend. They're, they're honestly one of the most fun teams to watch right now. That's uh, true. Maybe sure. it's Eric Collins. I don't know. He, he is awesome, of course. But uh, I just, I just... Didn't want to just discount them because they lost the game last night. They're playing well. Enjoy oh, the hornies. I think you've upset some other fan bases with this Hornets pick for your winner of the weekend. Because it was funny. I saw you in the dock. I, I saw you write down the Hornets. I was like, that makes sense. At the time, because you put it in like early in the game and they were up on the Spurs. They had that awesome win on Friday. I'm like, okay. And then I asked you this morning, because I saw it stay in the dock. I'm like, are you taking the Hornets? Hmm. You really running with the Hornets here? Yep. <laughs> That'll do. Look, uh, but what about the Spurs fans? Why couldn't you give them a winner of the yeah, weekend? That, hey, look, the Blazers, the Pistons, for crying out loud. Yeah. Pistons, yeah. DeJounte Murray was excellent, too, for yeah. the San Antonio Spurs. But did you guys see the little hesitation from Terry Rozier last night? Oh, on, the uh, hezzy. Yeah, you oh, flipped it. Oh, my God. That that probably was the moment. I was like, all right, they're in. I don't care. I don't care what happens for the rest of the night. They're in. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, there are a lot, a lot of those other teams you mentioned. Yep, good winners. But I just, I'm riding the Hornets. <laughs> I'm riding them. Oh, I, my I want, goodness. I want them in the playoffs. Come okay. on, Hornies. We can do it. <laughs> speaking of Hornies, speaking of all the moans and groans happening when that Terry Rozier hesitation happened, Eric Collins, my God, he was loving it. And, and it was sort of Valentine's Day theme. But at the end of that first quarter, when Terry Rozier was getting it in each and every way he wanted, he was scoring however he wanted. Eric Collins, play-by-play man of the Charlotte Hornets, was just yelling at the end of the first quarter. Nothing was happening. Hornets were kind of dribbling out the possession, but he yelled, 12 minutes of ecstasy, uh, because they were just so <laughs> good on Valentine's Day. He was—he just couldn't contain himself, just like Lee. That's why Lee got in the dock and saw those 12 minutes yeah. of Terry Rozier. He's like, I'm done. This is good. Yeah, I mean, Terry Rozier was balling, absolutely balling in that first quarter, no doubt. But like the Spurs on the other side, the 16 and 11, talk about the Suns, talk about the Jazz. Those are three under-the-radar, small-market teams that are yeah. playing pretty well in the Western Conference that some of them get a winner of the weekend, some do not. Yeah, yes. you don't have to have a perfect weekend to be a winner of the weekend. You just have to have a good 48 minutes and then a good 12 minutes. So 60 good minutes and you're in. <laughs> yeah. nice. Well, yeah, Terry, Terry Rose is like the last quarter of Friday night and the first quarter of last night, I think he would have combined for about 30 points because he, uh, he cooked the wolves down the stretch. And then, uh, and then lit up the Spurs. But, uh, yeah, well, you know, that's the way it goes sometimes in basketball, <laughs> isn't it? You know, like, honestly, it, again, though, to me, it's about uh, the, the Hornets being a bit more fun to watch than they've been in years gone by. And there's some substance there to it. You know, they're still figuring it out, but they're, they're certainly on the rise anyway right now. And hopefully they get Gordon Hayward back. He only had back uh, stiffness, I think it was, they said. So, 
tightness, stiffness on Valentine's Day. Uh, <laughs> the horny's got stiffness. He's huh? got enough kids. And PJ Washington was out, I believe, for uh, coronavirus protocol. So, uh, you know, again, who knows exactly how long he's going to be out there. And Devontae Graham had, had a bit of a knee injury. Not really clear how long he's out, but... Uh, Let's hopefully uh, those guys are back out on the okay. floor very soon. Okay, uh, just a few other notes with the Hornets. One, back to Collins, Eric Collins, play-by-play man for the Hornets. Um, we are definitely going to get him, Trey. I know you tweeted this a while ago, that he's going to yell Mortal Kombat at some point <laughs> on the broadcast. Like, I hope to God he does, uh, just because it'd be hilarious. Taz, I saw you tag him in a tweet, and I was like, I didn't think he was on Twitter. And then I clicked through, and the guy, he is on Twitter. It is him. It is, it's the Eric Collins, but I don't think he's been active since, uh, was it like 2013, I want to say? Maybe 14, something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's, so. been a, it's been a quiet touchdown of years. A, a good seven years. Maybe a two-point conversion <laughs> in there, too, since he's been That's on crazy. there. Crazy stuff. And then the other thing with LaMelo Lee, I don't know if you saw this. One, he's changed his tune when it comes to the airbnb nickname remember i brought this up last week uh he was asked about it i saw lamella ball after a good game that he had he was on the on the broadcast hey what do you think of airbnb for the bridges ball connection you know b and b you're in the air you're throwing all these oops he didn't like it at the time right i told you guys he's like eh. but now he's all into it apparently he's, he's like yep airbnb because airbnb themselves tweeted about it and then lamella <laughs> retweeted so maybe he sees some dollar signs there for <laughs> yep. but uh Breaking Tea has a great Airbnb shirt. I just wanted to slide that in there. The, the company we use to make our t-shirts. Go check that out. Uh, looks really cool. And then, this would probably be a loser of the weekend in my book, Lee. Did you see that the NBA wants LaMelo Ball to participate in the skills challenge? Uh, so, um, we might see Ball at the All-Star weekend after all. I say loser of the weekend because I can't yeah. believe this event's still around. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I don't know what to think about any of that. Okay. But, uh, okay. uh, no, look, LaMelo was great again, though. Uh, some of those fancy passes, some of those sexy passes. Talk about a sexy pass. I don't know if I'm stepping on anyone's toes here. Did you see Facundo last night against the... Oh, uh, he nearly uh, took uh, off Kuzma's uh, oh ears there. Oh. Yeah. What sexy. a beauty that was. And then the Jazz had a, a couple of incredible, very solid plays over the weekend. I like, well, I like the I picture of Lee Ellis on Valentine's Day. Hey, Roxy, come check this out. <laughs> Look at this Camposo pass here. Ooh, turn the lights down, light the candles, a little chocolate, Lee. Are you ready pass. to Facundo? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, it's like the Japanese twins in Austin Powers. Uh, fuck you and fuck me. <laughs> Great callback. Um, Uh, Hold on. There's going to be a skills challenge, a three-point contest, a dunk contest, and an all-star game all in the same night. night. Yep. Wow. Like Mo Verney. It's going to be a long night. We've got to stock up on some energy. energy. It's going to be a long night. I'm going to stock up on energy. Yes. (laughs) All right. Uh, Tassie, why don't you finish this off here? Uh, Winner of the weekend. Where are you going? Well, the NBA trying to reel in the casual fan was a great weekend for them. They're a winner okay. when it comes to that because all the national TV games were real entertaining, especially the week after the Super Bowl. You might get some NFL fans looking for some sports on Friday, Saturday, and Sundays. Boom, five for five. The NBA went fantastic. ESPN, ABC, ESPN, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, they stacked it. Pell's Mavericks on, on Friday. You had Doncic going for 46 points. You had Zion Williamson, a guy who looks like a football player, 36 points in that one. Grizzlies Lakers followed that up. Anthony Davis had his 35 points in, in his return from injury. Nets Warriors 
wasn't a great game on Saturday, but the storylines were there. Kevin Durant going back to Golden State, a lot of hugging. Uh, there, there was a, a lot of uh, a lot of promos. So you know, you're into it. I was into it, anyways, for that reason and that reason only, because uh, mm-hmm. I was excited on a Saturday night. Usually, I'm trying to watch something else. I'm, I'm trying to stay away from basketball. Can't go seven nights a week. But I told Danielle we got to put on this game. It's a big mm-hmm. game. So she said. You know, give me the background. And I said, well, they've got a thousand promos running. I can't do it as well as ESPN, <laughs> just as ABC. These. Just watch this. Click. Uh, yeah, so it was good. Uh, Blazers Mavericks on Sunday. Doncic mm. had 44. That ball that rimmed out, that almost tied it to go to overtime. Lillard had 34, so it went down to the wire. And then Lakers Nuggets, Joker triple-double. And LeBron near triple-double. Stacked lineup. Also, it was a win for the NBA. Trying to get it. any, any fan who's hanging around the television, and also for anybody who doesn't have League Pass, just because you could get this on basic cable if you're still doing that, YouTube TV, if you're slinging it, anything. Uh, You probably saw these games. So it was just a solid weekend for the National Basketball Association when there's not as many sports options. It felt like, you know, there's a time in the bubble, September, August, September, November, or October, there were so many sports on. But now, there's like no sports on, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. <laughs> oh, hold on. The Daytona 500 was on yesterday. Excuse me? I think it was delayed all day or something. <laughs> yeah, right? it was a late you know what one. was going on? I saw it was on at night. I'm like, what the hell? I thought they ran this thing in the middle of the day. It must have been a lot of rain or something that kept pushing it back. Is that, is that correct? You're looking it up, right? Uh, yep. Okay. Yeah. It Apparently, that's what midnight. happened. It ended after midnight. Yeah, Mike. and there, oh, was a, there was a five-hour delay. Oh, for, for, for weather. Yeah, okay. And then there was also a 16-car crash right before the, <laughs> oh. the delay. So. Well, that'll do it, too. Is everyone, everyone was okay, I hope? I, I believe did, I thought so. I did hear someone about uh, maybe getting uh, air vac out. So that's no oh, problem. really? Oh, I, yeah. 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 All I it know may is have been just precautionary, too, for all yeah. I know. Um, yeah, but okay. Tass, I like that one. You're right. Because uh, it feels like we haven't had, I don't know, maybe I'm forgetting the odd one here or there, but the greatest games on national broadcast this year. You know what I mean? Like no, it, it's true. Been a, there hasn't been a ton of them. So a good weekend of a lot of entertaining close games. Obviously big stars coming through in the clutch. So good one there. Just mini winners again. Spurs, Blazers, Pistons. Really good weekends. You know, sort of staying undefeated. I know that doesn't matter to Lili, but it's uh, it counts for something here. And guys, the streak continues. And what's that streak? A wedgie a weekend. I don't think we've missed a weekend this season without a wedgie. And we got one more from two of our favorite oh, guys yeah. in the league down at the Fortress. Yeah, that's right. John Collins and Miles Turner combining for the uh, awesome block wedgie there from Miles Turner on Very Collins' nice. dunk attempt. So that is number 20. Mm. We are at 20 already. Trying to get to 50. That's always the goal. Trying to set the all-time record, which is what? Uh, 54? 51. 51. Oh, I always oh. think it's 54. Hmm. Um, so, so look at this, too. Go to wedgietracker.com. No Dunks fan Ricardo put this together with a little inspiration from Nick. The Wedgie Tracker. And we're just showing you like a screen grab of it right now for everybody on the stream team. But again, if you go to wedgietracker.com, it's really cool. You'll see where we're at in the wedgie race, what pace we're on. We're on pace for 59 right now. My goodness. And you can actually scroll down and there's a, a link to watch or a video to watch every wedgie this season. This is really cool. This is just really well done. So shout out to Ricardo for yeah. putting this together. I hope every time there's a broadcaster that says, whoa, that's the first one we've seen in years when they have a wedgie, right. the producer will go, hey, put up wedgietracker.com right. and show them that we right. had 20 this season. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, silly me. Okay, so the record's 51. I could have, man, I, I, yeah, I yeah, thought I we got we would, higher, yeah. but I hmm. guess not. I mean, we were just riding that high. Probably felt yeah. like we had 100 wedgies that season, but yeah. no, just 51. That was wow. the year of the, the Shaq wedgie where we sacrificed uh, Skeet's butt <laughs> to make sure we got there. Yep. Yeah, that was yep. 51. Yep, okay. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, let's get to NBA weekend losers. Uh, There is uh, no shortage, I feel like, of uh, losers sort of to pick from here. Tass, why don't you get us started, though? I'll start us off with the Milwaukee Bucks and take a step back and say that they're second in the East. They're 16 and 11, but they're nowhere close to being as dominant as they were the last two seasons when they won the one seed. So that's why they reworked with their offense in the offseason. They went and got a bunch of shooters to surround Giannis and Chris Middleton. And they got Drew Holiday as well. Yep. Oh, I'm back. I, yes, I guess Drew what Holiday. happened to me? What happened to me? Oh, you you just stopped talking, but I guess your Wi-Fi crapped out. <laughs> Whoa, <it. laughs> weird stuff. And that's why they got Drew Holiday as well. Uh, and it's worked. Their offense has just jumped up in terms of shooting the three. They are the number one offense in the league. But I still have worries about their crunch time execution. You saw it against OKC on Sunday night, who were playing Al Horford, Kenrich Williams, Darius Baisley, Lou Dort, and Justin Jackson. They just didn't know where to go in the final minutes of a game. So in the final minutes of a playoff game, when threes get a little bit tighter, a little bit more contested, like they are bound to get, a team is going to take away the threes. What the heck happens with Giannis and Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday? Now, Drew Holiday wasn't in this game, but it doesn't matter. You shouldn't lose to OKC, who doesn't have Shea Gilgis-Alexander, for God's sake. So there's that problem on that end, I think, even though they've got the number one offense in the league. And then there's problems on the defensive end because they were the best defense last year and they've dropped well below 10th this year right now. But that comes with a caveat. I actually think you got to give some kudos to Mike Budenholzer and the Bucks coaching staff for trying some things because usually they just drop the big guy back. We're taking away the rim, shoot your threes. But they know that that doesn't work because Miami solved them in the postseason. They can be solved with the three ball. So they're doing some other things. They're switching on the outside sometimes. Uh, they're just not dropping back. They're, they're using their big man like Bobby Portis or Brooke Lopez to go out there and guard some guys on the perimeter. But those guys just aren't that great at it. And they just don't have a lot of great defensive personnel, especially in that second unit. So I think there's worries on both sides. After they lost to the Utah Jazz, uh, they got spanked. And then on uh, on Sunday when they lost to OKC, a, a shorthanded OKC team, the only team in the league that's trying to lose, uh, managed to beat the Bucks Again, that was reminiscent of when they lost to the Raptors a couple of years ago. And when they lost to the Heat, they just didn't have answers down the stretch. So Drew Holiday could solve that, I guess. Uh, and, and the offense, again, has definitely picked up 
with all those moves that they brought in a lot of three-point shooters, but they also brought in a lot of bad defensive players. Uh, so it's not looking great. I mean, they are going to win a lot of regular season games. 16-11, they should continue to win regular season games, but I'm not super pumped for the uh, playoff Milwaukee Bucks. Although, you know, maybe the defense comes together as the season goes along. And again, Coach Bud is trying things, mm-hmm. but I'm not super Super excited. This was supposed to be the year that supposed to be the year that Giannis figured it out. TBD for the Bucks. No shortage again of uh, Eastern Conference teams, Trey, to to pick from here that had rough weekends. Bucks are an obvious one. Um, you know, not not inspiring tasks all that much and racking up the L's. Who do you have? Also a bad weekend for the Beantown boys. Mm. Lost Friday versus the Pistons. No Kemba Walker. No Marcus Smart. They just couldn't stop Sadiq Bay. Yeah. Shout out Rafael Sadiq played at my wedding, but 30 points, seven for seven from three for Sadiq Bay, 12 rebounds. He had a clutch three with about 40 seconds left to ice things when the Celtics were making a little bit of a comeback. Number to take away from this file it in your little back pocket for a second. 15 assists on 36 makes for the Celtics. That's not a lot. Sunday, though, was rock bottom. Kemba Walker was back. And the Celtics lost to the Wizards. Zero effort, zero oomph for Boston in this game. They trailed almost the entire game. The biggest deficit was 24. This was the first time all season the Wizards have held the team under five, under 100 points. That's crazy to me. <laughs> Celtics now have lost four of five. They've lost 10 of 16. And just like they only had 15 assists on 36 makes on Friday, 14 assists for the Celtics on cool. Sunday on 32 makes. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, they are balling, but they're not natural creators. They're both improving that part of their game. The Pistons and Wizards, I thought, both did a pretty good job of getting into the point guards, whether that be uh, Kemba Walker, whether it be Tatum handling the ball and really clogging the lanes because there's no scary shooters on the Celtics outside of Tatum, Brown, and Kemba Walker, the guys who are shooting the ball but usually have the ball. The other big issue is that they never replaced Gordon Hayward. We kind of get lost in the Hornets side of things, whether this is a good contract, what he's going to do when he gets there. But this was a major piece that departed from the Celtics for nothing. And he is everything that they're missing, shooting, playmaking, and ultimately depth. Danny Ainge is going to have to do something here at the trade deadline. They look like they're a shooter short. They look like they're a big man short. They just don't have the cohesiveness that you would imagine from a team who's been playing together for a few seasons at this point. So, you know, we always talk about Danny Ainge getting active at the trade deadline. (laughs) It's often striking out on big name players, but they should also be targeting some lower level guys just so that they can have some more scary shooters. You know, like I thought that uh, the best spot for J.J. Redick was going to be Philadelphia. I think Tass, you said Boston, and I'm thinking Boston's got to be the place. They just got to have somebody out there who can open up the floor for Tatum and Brown and who are ready to shoot a three as soon as they catch the ball. Aaron Neesmith, he's supposed to be a shooter, but he's still just a rookie. He's not ready to shoot the ball every single time he catches it. Changes need to be made in Boston. Surely Trader Danny will get busy on the phones, but right now they're not looking like an Eastern Conference contender to me. Yeah. Lily, put on your uh put on your green hat. Turn into cheese for a second here. You're a Beantown mm. boy. I heard Simmons and KOC, two Beantown boys themselves, talking about, yeah, what do they need to do? Boston. They gotta switch things up here. Do we gotta press the panic button and all that? Is there a move to be made? I know Simmons was high on getting your guy Vucevic in the mix. Thaddeus Young is sort of like maybe a more attainable guy from from Trey's uh, Chicago Bulls, possibly at least. Is there anyone else that you think could help? I mean, uh, Redick is a great call. You can always add a shooter, but what do you think? Yeah, well, I I think in the middle is probably where they need to uh, address first with, uh, you know, Daniel Tice. He's not bad, but he spreads the floor. He's a good good modern big, 
but I think they're also lacking just a genuine big down there, like an Andre Drummond. I'm not sure if they can get hold of him. I'm not sure if that's who they're targeting, uh, but I think that's one of the areas. And then the shooting, I mean, Jason Tatum had maybe one of his worst games of his career yesterday. He'll come back. He's fine. He, yeah. There's no no problems there. And Jalen Brown, he's he's also been good as well. So they've got the two legit stars. Who what about be... Kemba, though? What about yeah, Kemba? Kemba, Kemba's figuring things out a little bit. Obviously, coming back from an injury, it's a little hard to get into the group. But when he's at his best, I think the Celtics, you know, again, they're, they're second or third in the Eastern Conference. They're just struggling a little bit right now. I mean, losing to the Wizards is, is a bad one. The Pistons are not great either, but uh, the Wizards stunk it up because it was like that was their sort of, okay, lose to the Pistons, let's have a bounce back performance here, which didn't happen. So, um, you know, they also did miss some games there, the Celtics, uh, due to the coronavirus stuff. So maybe that's a part of it. Maybe okay, so you're not panicking by the sounds of it. No, you're I don't saying think so. what's no. the, what's, you're like basically saying the Celtics' four best players have barely played together. I think it's crazy. It's like Tatum, Brown, Walker, and Smart have played something like less than 30 minutes together this season because of all those things you said, guys, in and out, in and out. So you're just like, let's relax and stand pat and we'll get this going here. While some people, maybe Tass, I know you talked a little bit about it on what you need to know today. Like, ooh, is there is there something more here? Do they need to shake it up like Trey is saying? What do you think? Well, I think the biggest acquisition they're going to make is Marcus Smart coming back. He's just their heartbeat. He just makes yeah. the ball move and because... Sometimes he gets a little shot happy, but he knows that he's got to drive and find people. And that's what watching Jason Tatum uh, and the Celtics uh, against the Wizards brought up to me. It was just that isolation basketball where it's, where it's, hey, it's my turn, it's my turn, it's my turn. Everybody trying to mm-hmm. get off. And somebody needs to be the glue guy to make it happen. I do like the J.J. Redick acquisition because at least the man is going to run around. You know, he that's what he does. Uh, he just runs around screen. So he's not just going to be waiting for the ball. They need that. They need... Uh, just they need player movement. They need passing, and uh, I think Tristan Thompson's got to get more of a role in the middle. But I think Smart is really uh, as soon as they get him back. Yeah, they're 500 right now. It's not impressive, but they've had so many so many guys come in and out of the lineup. Of course, yeah, they should be looking for somebody. Uh, it's I don't know. It's something like four weeks away. I think uh, the trade deadline mm-hmm. is you know going into March, but uh, they, they'll start with Smart and then go from there. I, think uh mm-hmm. anyways but that was painful and i don't know if re- reading into it uh jalen brown was asked post game about the ball movement and he just sat there he just sat there like me with an internet malfunction just <laughs> it was just quiet <laughs> it was quiet he didn't answer I, yeah. I don't know if he was frozen or something but he just stopped he, well, he wasn't he literally wasn't frozen but then he he took him like five seconds to say no comment i don't know if he's pissed at anybody because usually he, number one he's a well-spoken guy number two he ain't afraid of the mic, so I was just a little mm-hmm. bit shocked uh, for him to do that. The, yeah, so things aren't definitely aren't going good, and their defense is not good. <laughs> they are always a good defensive team, but mm-hmm. they've they've, they've dropped below tenth. Uh, and yeah, I think it's just a weird year for for the, the 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 teams lacking cohesion because of so many guys in and out. I think that's a that's a part of it. But we expected the Celtics to be good because they've been good before. So. I don't know. I don't have the answers. I don't know if Bill and his dad have the answers. I don't think anybody does. <laughs> well, I'm not sure. I don't think Dr. Bill's very happy or what's his name? Is is it is he also Bill Simmons isn't a Bill Simmons Jr., is it? No, it's uh I can't remember Bill Simmons' death name. It's his dad. <laughs> um, yeah, he's not happy though with Kemba. He's not happy with Tristan Thompson. I mean, he's the last thing you he wants, Tass. You're saying no, Tristan Thompson more of a role. Oh, not not Dr. Simmons. He get him out of here. He's he's been a bum according to him. We'll see. I'm giving them time still because those guys haven't played together. They're still good. But 
Kemba's Kemba's important, and if he is like this weird one for twelve type shooting one game and then sort of has a go on the next, but then bounces back, they need some consistency from him. But I'm with you on Marcus Smart. He's like the Kyle Lowry, Draymond Green. Like he's that guy. He's not a superstar by any means, but he God helps your chances to win a basketball game just with all the little things he does and 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 playing hard at least, playing smart uh, most of the times by jacking up some crazy shots. Uh, but you know you got to allow him some of those. We'll see. Any uh, any moves to be made, Trey? I didn't really sort of uh, ask you with them. Do you, is there something that you like besides the Redick, or is there a big guy? I guess is the best way to put it. It's a great who says no. If the Magic decide to be sellers here, finally, who says no? Kemba Walker for. Vucevic and Terrence hmm. Ross. That sound hmm. solves kind of all of the Celtics problems, if you ask me. Uh, and they've got some picks that they could throw in as well. You're talking about a marketable guy going down to Orlando, a point guard that they haven't had for years and years and years. Maybe they get some picks as well. Who says no? Mm. Lately, what do you think? I, we don't have it in the trade machine. You don't, you're not going to fire it up it now. Works. Who, it who works. Who says no? Yeah, he's he's done his homework. What do you think? So the Magic get Kemba. Yep. Uh, yeah, well, I mean... <laughs> I just, yeah, I just wonder, I just wonder what what his his value is outside the Celtics, given that he is battling some injuries at the moment. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, and, that, and it doesn't and he's help. Got like big... the Magic drafted Cole Anthony a yeah. little bit, like, but yeah. maybe you want him to, yeah. obviously be uh, tutored a little bit because yeah. he would still have two years on a, on a fairly hefty deal there too for Kemba. I don't know exactly mm-hmm. what it is, but I, I think it's around thirty million per for the last couple or something like that. So I'm not sure if the Magic would. I mean, it depends on those picks. Yeah, if the Magic if the Magic get two firsts, maybe out of it as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're like, sure, let's do it because they need them. The Magic are going nowhere, so they may as well move on and see if they can uh, restock their draft assets. I actually don't mind Terrence Ross on the uh, Celtics either. I think there's a little something there, a little spark plug off the bench shooting away. Okay, time, so yeah. we got the. Sorry, go ahead, Tess. You guys no, I just said oh. big time. I think yeah, yeah the Fultzy is there long term in Orlando too, so that's mm-hmm. a bit of an issue. Yeah, a lot of point guards, a lot of there. a lot of guards, but a lot of smaller you know, they, guards. Yeah, they may take anybody if it's yeah. if it's attached to draft picks. Yeah, that's right. Uh, which which the Celtics do have. Um, okay, so Bucks Celtics Lee, who you got? Loser of the weekend. Well, you can have a good weekend and still have a bad weekend. Oh, boy. Uh, So I'm going with the Charlotte Hornet. No, of course not. (laughs) I'm going with the uh, Brooklyn Nets, uh, specifically Kevin Durant, because he made his return after sitting out uh, the last week with coronavirus protocols. He came back against the Golden State Warriors national broadcast game. We were looking forward to this one, and it stunk too. They've had two games, and this one was a stinker. Kevin Durant himself was fine, had 20 points, but after the game we learned he has a uh, a strained hamstring, and he's going to be missing for the next two games, which is rather interesting because uh, a hamstring is one of those injuries I've heard people say sometimes before. It's like being a little bit pregnant. You can't be just a bit pregnant. You've either got a hamstring tear or you haven't. Okay. So uh, I, I hope it's only two games, and I hope it's more just precautionary here because, uh, you know, if uh, if he can't, uh, you know, if he misses more time, then the Nets obviously are going to struggle without him. But when he's on the floor, I just feel they have so much more uh, control because Kevin Durant is just like their father. It's like, listen, guys, we're not going to get crazy. There's not going to be too much infighting or anything like that. Is If I'm out here, we're a great team. And, uh, you know, again, he, he looked fine in his comeback. But uh, now he sits out for a couple of games and they're on a long West Coast trip and they've got the Clippers and the Lakers coming up. So, um, you know, you wonder if... Uh, I, mean, I don't think he'd be resting. I don't think it's a rest thing. I, I think he, no. he must have tweaked something yeah. after just not playing for yeah, a while. Yeah. It, doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me that they would just say, all right, you sit out these next couple of games. So uh, I hope he's back and I hope he's healthy because uh, we've missed so much of Kevin Durant Obviously, with the Achilles injury, missed the entire last season. And now he's missed significant games here due to coronavirus. So uh, I hope he's back soon. 
and uh, and I hope he's back to playing the way he does because he's just a, a beautiful basketball player to watch out on the court. Beautiful indeed. And we could throw it. We could throw in the uh, Anthony Davis, uh, obviously injury to the Lakers um, mm. last night. Looks like he's going to be out probably. I know we're getting the MRI, I believe, today for AD to to see how serious uh, of hopefully it's not serious of uh, injury he has to his Achilles there. Didn't look good. Didn't look the way he was walking off a little gingerly there, but we'll find out. But even if it's the best possible news, I'm going to assume he's going to be out for, for, I don't know, a couple of games at, at the minimum, right, Tass? So now LeBron's asked to uh, do even more, maybe helps his MVP case, but could that backfire for the, the Lakers down the line as you get into the playoffs with that heavy load? Yeah, Anthony Davis got to chill. That's for sure. I yeah. think he's they've won a championship. Uh, on the other side, Kevin Durant, he wants to play. You saw him when he was told against the Raptors, I think it was 10 days ago now, mm-hmm. uh, that he had to be taken off the floor. He threw that water bottle. He was pissed. He got back on Saturday. That's uh, There's no way that this is rest. They, they want him to play bad, uh, and they need to play together if they want to win a championship. Uh, that's why it, it feels a little bit like the Clippers situation last year when guys were in and out of the lineup. Paul George was hurt. Uh, Kawhi Leonard resting a bunch of games. Then Lou Williams, Montrez Harrell, a bunch of guys. You know, Kyrie's been out. James Harden uh, hasn't been in shape. Kevin Durant in and out of the lineup. It just feels like they're never going to get on the same page. So doing some quick math this morning, those three guys, even if they played the rest of the season after these two games that Durant's going to miss, they're going to play like 49 games together hmm. going into the postseason. That's not a lot. Uh, it's it's Clippers esque, although you know Paul George and Kawhi only played thirty two games together going into the bubble. So KD, I, I agree with Lee in that he is he's their leader. Uh, he he keeps everything together, and uh, I'm sure he's angry right now. I'm, and I'm angry as a basketball fan. He, he, I'm gonna we're gonna miss him against the Suns on Tuesday for sure, and hopefully on Thursday. We see him against the Lakers because that's when he's due to come mm. back. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. We, want to, we want to see some KD out there and the Nets desperately want to see him. You know, you can hear it in Steve Nash's voice every time he's asked the same freaking question about chemistry and all that. Yeah, we got to get our guys to play together. And it's it's just not happening enough. But then they go out and then they beat whoever they want. So uh, that's why I, I feel like they can still come out of the East. Uh, but yeah, the they need him back on the floor. Only way to build that chemistry is put the reps in. Just like us, right? Hey, guys? Exactly right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you want some chemistry, Skeets? We're getting a little bit of breaking news going on around here. Shams bomb. Uh-oh. The Raptors and Cavaliers are engaged in active talks on potential Andre Drummond deal to the Toronto slash Tampa Raptors. Woj follows up saying in a report with Brian Windhorse, the Cleveland Cavaliers are no longer planning to play center Andre Drummond as they work to trade the two-time wow. All-Star prior to the trade deadline. We're going to drum and trade here pretty soon. And it seems yeah. like it might be those big old Raptors. Wow. Ooh. Well, that was my loser of the weekend. So that's a great timing there by Shams, Woj, and Trey Kirby. With the, the chemistry. Break. Yeah, baby. Um, I had the Raptors. Okay, this is interesting. Because I was actually coming on here today to say this. I am done talking about the Toronto Raptors until... <laughs> They're either over 500 or they're in the news because of a trade. So maybe we'll be talking about the Raptors over the next couple of days if a Drummond trade happens because they lose to the Wolves uh, over the weekend on Sunday. There is absolutely no reason to lose to the Wolves right now. I do not care if you're missing OG. I do not care who is who is in there and who isn't. 
It, brutal loss. They played down to their competition. Yeah, I mean, then Lowry realized that and was like, what are we doing here? And gave it his all at the end. But they just did it all a little too late. And uh, Siakam missed a bunny. I mean, Lee, you saw this. You cannot ask for a better shot. Uh, mm-hmm. He attacked. Good. Went to the rim. Nice call by Nick Nurse, too. This was after a nice defensive play where they trapped, I think it was Beasley, got him to step out of bounds, even give them a, a chance to tie this game. And Siaka, man, you got, like, impossible not to sort of feel for the guy. Like, he's just dropping F-bombs. Like, he couldn't believe he just <laughs> missed a finger roll. I mean, he's at the rim. Uh, nice D from uh, from the, was it McLa- uh, McLaughlin, I believe, sort of yeah. challenging him on the play. Like, made it a little difficult, but still, it's a layup. And it just, like, whoop, in and out, and, and they obviously go on to lose. And this is not good. The Wolves, uh, excuse me, the Raptors, four of their next five games are against Milwaukee and Philadelphia. Four of their next five against like, some of the best teams. And it's just a brutal, brutal loss. There's no way to put it. So I'm done talking about them until maybe a Drummond trade. So this this could be intriguing because uh, they may have to, to 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 do something to sort of like just add a little injection, a little like energy to their to their season here. And I think a big part of it is this this unfortunately having to play in Tampa. That's got to have some effect on them. They're brutal there. Uh, you know, they always beat the Wolves at home. I mean, it had been like 16 straight, I think, in Toronto. Well, there goes that. I guess it's home in Tampa, so uh, that streak's officially over. But, yeah, Drummond? I mean, I'm not, like, convinced Drummond is uh, solving all their problems and the Raptors are going to the championship by any means, but Masai knows that something's got to happen here to sort of, like, again, kickstart this season again. Uh, I know that it had, it had shifted a little bit um, where they started 2-8 and eight, and then they had a nice little patch there, but it's sort of back to where they were. They're just playing down to their competition. Um I don't know. Anything to add to this Drummond rumors, Tess? You love it as a Raps fan? Hate it? I mean, it all depends who's going back, but... Right. I'm absolutely neutral on it. I know we're supposed to have hot <laughs> takes in this business, but Andre Drummond isn't making them a top four seed if they're not that already. I, he's just not. He's he's not the most impactful um when it comes to his numbers, his numbers don't equate to what impact he has on the floor. That's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. I would love to know what he's being traded for because if this is getting into um, an auction amongst NBA teams, mm-hmm. like yep. uh, it, it, it sure feels like they, the Knicks sat Derrick Rose uh, and, and then they got the package that they wanted uh, from the New York Knicks. Now Andre Drummond's being sat a year after he was traded for a second round pick. That's all he was traded for. Uh, what is he going to be traded for now? I just, I just hope the Raps don't give up too much because what is he doing for the Toronto Raptors? I, I just, as far as like a ball moving big, he's fine. He's an upgrade. He's an um, upgrade. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's that's their biggest hole. So he he fills it. It's just a stopgap. That's what it is. I'm not too pumped. I gotta say. I gotta say, as just as a homer, it's a nice guy. You know, the shoulders are going to be flying free in Tampa. No hair needed. It's nice and warm down there. But are you pumped? I'm not super pumped. Lee, what do you think? Well, I'm trying to figure out what the deal is in the trade, uh, NBA.com right now. I mean, (laughs) could it be Lowry? I mean, absolutely could we said if that happens though it's likely a third team i'm thinking because the, uh, the way I, the way i'm looking at it I it's like it. it's yeah. it's like i i mean i guess they would love to move on from baines but he's only making seven million so you know they need to the, the salaries for drummond and lowry work pretty much perfectly yeah. uh and then you would just basically make fred your point guard taking filling in that spot from kyle lowry as a full-time guy 
Uh, and Lowry, the last year of his deal, I mean... I think I said it to you last week. It would have to be, for Drummond, if you're taking Lowry out of the mix here, and you're not involving Siakam or OG or Van Vliet, which, which they're not, not, it's got to be like Norm, yeah. Baines, McCaw, and like another one. And it even, has that, to, even that still leaves you so short, really. No, but like, I think if you get up to four, you can do it with for Drummond, but... Um, yeah, I mean, you know. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's always there's, those things are always like they don't have to be exact. I know they have to be close, and I don't know if maybe they can garnish it with some picks or something like that. But it sort of feels to me like it might be Lowry, which is <laughs> what a tasty trade. Garnish, garnish it. it. Uh, I mean, I'll garnish for a little, little second round in here. I'll put a well, little first you know. over here. You- but why would you give up Lowry yeah. if you're trying to be good? Yeah. Well, I, but but how is he going to make it happen? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's the thing. Too. Like, I, I it's get going to be like, the bag of beans, just like Skeet yeah. said. All those guys he listed. I mean, hold on, hold on. If I'm the Cavs, I'm I'm in all honesty. If I'm getting Norm, and then I'm getting like whatever, like a Matt know, Thomas right, let me or just, something like it's like that's not brutal for a I know guy that I, you don't have in your long term plans. I agree, but I'm oh. I'm just trying to I'm trying to see if it even works like that. <laughs> that's you, what man. I'm saying. Yeah, they'll figure it out. We'll hear about it. But to me, it tells us a couple of things. One, the Cavs are done. They're selling right now. Yeah, They've yeah. been dropping out of the playoff picture. They're playing a really tough schedule right now. There was some question, are they going to try this again with Andre Drummond? Seemed like no. Definitely going to be no now. But it also tells us the Raptors are buyers. There are teams out there, despite the fact that there are only five teams above 500 in the Eastern Conference, the Raptors are talking themselves into trying to make a run yeah. at the fourth seed, right? If they're going to be bringing in one of the biggest names on the trade deadline trading block, they're certainly going for it, at least. They're keeping him away from a team like the Nets or from the Celtics. So they would be certainly thinking they have a chance at a home court advantage in the first round, I'd be thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the East is still open. As much as it seems like the, the door is shut for the Raptors, yeah, I'm not buying them as a, as a top seed. But just as a bigger picture, I think the East is still very open considering, you know, the Sixers are improving commodity. The Celtics are failing. The Nets are what they are right now. You know, the Raps, I don't know if they can charge through that door, but I'd like to see a guy, Andre Drummond, traded one year for a second round pick and then the next year for five guys. That's probably like the biggest upgrade <laughs> oh, or the, 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 in NBA history or, or something. Well, know, yeah. I mean, and if it's for all these guys to make the books work, like, Guys are going to have to be dropped, obviously, from the Cavs roster and stuff like that. Um, or a third team has to be involved somehow. I remember, I went back and checked my notes early. It would be Norman Powell, Baines, Pat McCaw, uh, and Matt Thomas. That would yeah. work. It and does then, work, yeah. And then, That's of course, you know, whatever sort of pick. Drummond's yeah. only 27, too. I keep forgetting that. It feels like yeah. a 35-year-old to me. But, and, yeah. he's, and he's obviously put up great numbers and has been pretty solid for them. But, yeah, you're right, Trey. That means they're moving on. Raps are buyers. Uh, this is exciting. Here's my question. Do we do an emergency podcast if Andre Drummond is <laughs> oh, traded? Ooh, ooh. Well, no, let's see who no. let's see who the deal is for first. I mean, if case, it's a th- yeah, yeah if like yeah. okay, if sure, Lowry, yeah, if yeah, Lowry's yeah. traded, absolutely, I think we do. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, for yeah. what I just said, the 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 norm and the bag of beans deal, uh, probably, it's probably like- not. If it's anything like the stream team, half of us will do the emergency pod because half of the people in the team stream think Andre Drummond's an all-star defensive player of the year. The other half think no, defensive he's not. player of the year? Well, he, uh, boy. There's some. He was playing like a defensive <laughs> player of the year. The other half no, say, <laughs> well, the other, yeah, I'm with you. Hey, I'm, yeah. I'm on the other side where it's he's solid, uh, but we've seen this movie before. The other half think he's not winning any games. So, right. you know, maybe half of us do the emerge pod. Like oh, that's it. that's, what, that's what you want in a trade if it goes through. You want half the people saying this is a horrible a trade, the other half saying this is a great trade. Look at this. That's perfect. That makes for JD. Love, what uh, do you think? Break the break the 
break the tie, the, uh, the tie here, JD. <laughs> Andre Drummond, emergency pod. Oh, oh, we are doing a podcast of yeah. Come on, yeah. What? what you... I got nothing better to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I love we're it. Seeing, we're seeing a good little battle here between Shams and Walsh as well, because uh, Shams is saying the Raptors and Cavs are engaged in active talks on a potential deal. Woj's last tweet is, Cleveland is starting to gauge the market, Andre, Andre Drummond, but there are no serious ongoing trade discussions with any team now, oh boy. sources tell ESPN. So, uh, yeah, yeah, interesting, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who you got? <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, look, hey, we might be back later today for the emergency Andre Drummond to the Raptors trade. We will we'll find out. We'll find out. Uh, we do have Tweet of the Night still, but before that, quick word from our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Wouldn't you love to travel without the actual, you know, traveling part? For example, I want to go to Lisbon, let's say. I just snap my fingers, I'm there. No driving to the airport, no flight delays, no fools at security who still don't know that, yes, you need to take your laptop out of your bag and place it in the tray. Oh my God, how long have we been doing this? Travel without traveling. I want it both ways, but that's not possible. It is with Mack Weldon, though. Guys tend to think looking sharp means starchy Oxfords and stiff chinos rather than effortless comfort. But this is possible to have it both ways. Mack Weldon makes timeless apparel with modern performance fabrics for guys who want to look and feel sharp without sacrificing comfort. From their light-as-air underwear to innovative anti-odor tees and versatile yet comfortable pants, Mack Weldon has a full range of clothes that never go out of style. I've got it all. I got the air knit underwear. I got the Ace Collection sweatpants. I've got the Silver Peak Polo. Everything fits perfectly. All I get is compliments. Mack Weldon has figured this stuff out. Because performance fabric usually means clothes that look or feel sort of techy or shiny. Mack Weldon clothes are designed to fit your style and the demands of a busy life. They look like regular clothes, which is good. I want regular clothes, but feel like the latest in modern comfort. They're the go-to choice for guys who want to look great without even trying. Get timeless looks with modern comfort from Mack Weldon. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off your first order with the promo code NODUNKS. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com, promo code NODUNKS. Great stuff. Okay, time for Tweet of the Night. Mmm, Tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. After some uh, you know, serious negotiating, I think I ended up with Tweet of the Night here on Monday. Is that right, Liam? <laughs> I don't know what <laughs> yeah. happened. Yeah, it was all a blur. But I'll take it, because I got okay. a good one. Uh, it's actually circling back to something we talked about on the Drop Podcast, and had started even earlier, us... As part of like the athletic podcast universe, 
asking you guys if we were in the Marvel universe, <laughs> which characters would we be? And uh, we answered for each other. We had some great answers. So you're seeing it here if you're on the stream team. Stefan Vasilev, who does great work for us all the time, he is one of the Photoshop boys. He did this, well, let's be honest, very creepy but incredible Photoshop <laughs> of us five in our Marvel characters, you know, mashed together. Lee as Drax. Incredible. So good. So, so good. Tass, if you're a little confused who Tass is, he was the absorbing man. That was a, <laughs> a deep pull there in the uh, Marvel <laughs> characters, but that's who he is. I'm Thanos, uh, very creepy with the beard. JD is bang on as uh, Thor, looking very oh, sexy, I'm I gotta not. say, JD. JD, wow. And, uh, and my favorite, though, <laughs> it really is, and I love all of them, but Trey as Groot. Uh, I, I get with the beard is, is just uh, incredible work. So that's, again, at I'm Stefan Vasilev on Twitter, always coming through with gems like this. The No Dunk Cinematic Universe, that's... Uh, that's who we are. How, how did everybody feel about their, their looks? Lee, what would you think of Drax there? Uh, I couldn't stop looking at JD. I'm sorry. Oh, it's just the, that hair there is just so sexy. I mean, you know, I was I got to get a wig, man. I got to yeah. get a wig. <laughs> and that was, uh, that was Big game. Thor, right? That was Fat Thor. That's Fat Thor. Still yeah. sexy. Yeah. Just like me. That's amazing. You never lose it. <laughs> never lose it. Um, Trey, have you been just saying I am Groot all weekend long? <laughs> Welcome to the kids, no? Uh, actually, people said for me, if I really was Groot, which first of all, I never realized they look so much like a tree man. That was just like a <laughs> flawless Photoshop. Barely anything changed. But uh, instead of saying I am Groot, if I were Groot, uh, the people on Twitter said that my catchphrase would just be saying bulls are back every single <laughs> time I talk, which, you know, pretty much true. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Tass, you look cool as Absorbing Man, even though I have still Thanks. no idea who the hell that is. Yeah. Oh, he always just says, I am paper towel because he's absorbing everything. <laughs> is he in a movie? I is there know. one I don't movie think he said? So. I think he's part of S.H.I.E.L.D. or something. I, I don't know. Is Shield. it Vin Diesel somebody said? Didn't Trey say that? I thought uh, no, no. Vin Diesel is Groot, Groot but people oh, were yeah. saying that Tass looked like uh, Dominic Toretto from the Fast and Furious no doubt. universe. No with the tank top, somebody mm -hmm. just said I look like Shay Serrano here in the uh, <laughs> in the team stream, which stream team team stream, which is totally true. Oh man, okay, well, absorbing man, you are. I love it. Thanks. Uh, great stuff again. Thank you, Stefan Vassal. That was very very funny. Uh, pick them results from Friday night. Way back to Friday night, it was the Bucks Jazz game. Jazz were favored by one and a half. I told you. I said, look, Friday night Jazz, that's a victory <laughs> guaranteed. Thought they would then lose following it up, and then we would have to like brag on them here on Monday. But no, they continued the hot streak. So Trey got it right, Lee got it right, I got it right. Tess swerved. You know, he didn't want the four-man team uh, picking all the same team. So Tess is four and six, Trey's four and six, and Lee and I are five and five. So very, very close. Uh, I think there's like what seven games on today, tonight, I should say. No uh, day games, which is a little weird being the holiday test. But uh, who do we have? What's our game? Well, it's going to be an emotional game for John Wall going back to Washington for the first time as a member of the Houston Rockets. He played them earlier this year, but that was in Houston. Uh, he said uh, this past week, according to uh, our Fred Katz on The Athletic, that he still watches the Wizards games. Who wouldn't want to watch Bradley Beal, as he said? And he voted for Bradley Beal for the All-Star game, which I find kind of strange. You know, you think about it, because, okay, players can vote who, for, for who they want, but they vote as a fan. And then, later on, 
they actually vote as players as well. <laughs> oh, I, I hadn't know. thought about that. Yeah. <laughs> double vote. Double hope, vote, yeah. Yeah, we have a lot of problems with voting in this country. I mean, this is something else. Anyway, uh, so John Wall going back. Washington's favored by one and a half points over Houston, so basically a pick em. Mm. Uh And the Rockets will definitely be without Christian Wood. I think they'll be without Victor Oladipo, if I'm not mistaken, but the Wizards will be without Russell Westbrook, most likely, because this is the second game of a back-to-back. So mm. it's really just John Wall against the city of Washington. Uh, <laughs> who you got, Trey? Start us up. I like the revenge game aspect, no doubt about it, especially with that great piece dropping at the Athletic. You know, you got to show up after you're talking about the team that you were watching. Yeah. So I don't like that Christian Wood isn't playing. The Rockets have really struggled without Christian Wood, but give me Houston. I'm here for the revenge game. All right, Skeets. I think, uh, I mean, I'm excited actually to watch this one. It's on NBA TV, I think, tonight at uh, 7. I love the Wall versus Beal. They're buds. You know, look, they're both going to try and put up big numbers. Give me Washington. I can't believe it that I'm taking the Wizards, but I think Beal will outplay Wall. I think he's going to have a monster game in this on, uh, you know, quote-unquote national television here. So I'll take the Wizards to uh, stay hot uh, and win another one here after beating, uh, what was it, the Celtics uh, in their last game. I got Washington. We got a splitter. Lee, what do you got? Yeah, I mean, the Rockets have been playing terrible basketball mm-hmm. lately, but I just feel John Wall's going to want this one badly tonight. Russell Westbrook doesn't play in the second night of Back to Max, but I don't think he's been officially Yeah, out. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wouldn't That's be surprised. True. It was a day game yesterday. They had a yep. win if, if Westbrook's like, oh, sorry, I'm playing this one. So I, I suspect he might <laughs> play. But uh, I just feel John Wall is going to really want this one badly. It's such a close line. I'll take the Rockets. All right, I'll make it a full splitter. I'm going Washington Wizards. Okay. Who knows? Who knows? Okay. So Washington's got to win by two uh, or more, of course, for Taz and I to get the victory. Uh, Lee and Trey going with the Rockets. Uh, speaking of the um, the Wizards in Westbrook, I, I forgot to slip this in because I think I got a little distracted with the Drummond uh, trade rumors there. But just a mini loser of the weekend to Westbrook, despite getting a victory. Did you guys see him miss the air ball free throw, Lee? I had to show yes. you this. Um, we're showing everybody on the stream team right now. Westbrook at the line. Okay, whatever. Going to knock. He's not the greatest free throw shooter as it is, but man, he leaves this one way short. And then a fantastic reaction from Russ. Stared Con- That's confused. the way to do it. That's the way to do it. Say, hang on, something's wrong here. That wasn't me. That's the, that's the yeah. net. Yeah, so someone's messing with me here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We've seen a couple of those, actually. LeBron had a couple. Oh, I think we well, didn't have one real bad one. And uh, I remember someone else earlier in the season, like a good player, had an air ball. Maybe we should start tracking those as well as wedgies. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. No, no, no. I didn't uh, just Giannis, make a bad did. shots. Didn't Kyrie have a wide-open three-pointer in the corner versus the Warriors on Saturday night and clank it off the side? Did you guys see that? It was somewhat... It must have been the first half. <laughs> just like he did the old, like, put his hand up. Like, yep, sorry. Yeah. Yep, that's me. Just hit the side of the backboard like a Paul George. Yep. Sorry about that. Very, very weird. <laughs> yeah, I guess it slips out of the hand every once in a while, but yeah. Russ, dumbfounded. That'll be in whoopsies. That'll be in the bloops for sure later this week. Just his reaction alone. Okay, fun show. Uh, I'm sure we missed some of your winners and losers of the NBA weekend, so let us know in the stream team, in the YouTube comments. Tweet at us at NoDunksInc. Grab your NoDunks merch at NoDunks.com. Keep emailing in your questions, NoDunks at TheAthletic.com for our Beach Steppin' podcast. Like, comment, subscribe to No Dunks on our YouTube channel. You never know. Might be back uh, later today with the Andre Drummond trade going down. Oh, JD, don't leave your computer. We'll be back in a couple hours. (laughs) And Trey said it. You guys were talking about that Fred Katz article. 
go subscribe to The Athletic for $3.99 a month right now, theathletic.com slash no dunks to get great content, content, excuse me, from uh, guys like Fred Katz, uh, from animals like Fred Katz over at The Athletic. <laughs> Shout out to Fred. All right, Clover Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Well, speaking of cats, thanks for joining us. And remember, Russell Westbrook said he's a dog. If you remember, not a cat. He's a cat. But yeah, I'm yeah. Still it's, angry. it's a fair debate. Fair debate. <laughs> he's a friend cat. Embrace the day, people. You could stay. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.